0: And Welcome to That's Life where we have experienced a real snow day in Atlanta because the snow never came and it seems that that's what happens every time there's a snow day. But then there, there was the one that has scared everybody and now everybody's afraid of snow and there are only three snow plows. I heard it. I heard it. I heard it. But yesterday was a sunny day and I think I got a tan. It's all right. It's all right. We do love it here in Atlanta. Good morning, folks, and thanks for listening. I am Miriam L. Wallach, blogger, writer, general manager here at the Nahum Segal Network. You can find me here right after Allison and right before the live lunch. You are actually listening to this on Thursday, as you usually do at 1030 in the morning, Thursday mornings at the Nahum Siegel Network. But I am recording it the day before. It is actually Wednesday morning. Here in Atlanta, I was not going to miss the opportunity to have my guest on um, and to have her sitting next to me as opposed to having her on the phone is truly an opportunity that should not have been missed. And I was not going to miss it. So I'm taking advantage of it. I am pre-recording my show 24 hours in advance to make sure to bring this um, incredible story to you. Um, face-to-face, and I, I think it's very important, and it's certainly a story to be shared. Um, and as always, though, I'm joined by Yoni. Good morning, Yoni. Good morning. How are you? Are you best friends with uh, the Starbucks barista yet? Okay, first of all, I have met every barista in that drive through I have... Um, a relationship with the with the youngest with the uh, sorry the earliest one the 5:30 right. shift. Uh, she is very lovely. And um uh, yeah we're we're on, a, we're on a bit of a first name basis. Does she she know knows your my name? she knows my order. It's more like hi I'll take a venti misto she goes and a vanilla cream. Right. <laughs> that's where we're at at this point but that's okay. About goals. Yes. Hashtag goals. I, right. So it's funny because at 5.30 in the morning, the drive through in Cedarhurst is pretty busy. And that's because most of the livery drivers in the area are then going to JFK. Okay. And so they're <laughs> doing pickups at 6 a.m. Right now, I can't understand why there's a 5.30 drive through in Atlanta because right, I'm the only, only one there for yeah. the three days in a row. So it's whatever. It's all good. I'm happy not to have a line. And everyone is polite at 5.30. It's very nice. She thanked me for choosing the Toco uh, the Toco Hill Starbucks. <laughs> I'm like, well, I didn't know there were so many options. Yeah, maybe it's a Super Bowl uh, extra early opening. Maybe Super Bowl week they figure there's right. I that wake up early. Anything is possible. But speaking of the Super Bowl, we know we'll arrive in in Atlanta Sunday night, and we're in the airport, which is mammoth. It is a city. That airport is is a city. Hartsfield, and. Um, I'm under the weather. I'm uh, much better today than I was at the beginning of the week. I actually sound like a human. Um, So I'm a little bit out of it. And we're going up the escalator. And I swear I hear screaming. I hear yelling. I hear something. And I say to you, I'm (laughs) like, are people... Are people yelling? Like there sounds like there's a fight. Like I, you know, I'm a New Yorker, so I assume there could be a fight in an airport. And um, we get up the escalator, and instead there is a welcoming squad, a slew of Super Bowl Atlanta volunteers. I'm trying to remember what, what the tune was. Oh right? my! I don't think it was a uh, tune. There was a whole chant. There was a cheer going. Right, there were was, there were pom poms. There were I don't know what was going like, on. Welcome to Atlanta. Something right. Like that. Oh my God! <laughs> something. I don't know what was going on, but I'm like. Why, why is this happening? I know the Super Bowl's here, but it's a little too much Southern hospitality. It was a week before. Like, right, exactly. I mean, right. If you want to welcome me next Sunday morning. Yeah. <laughs> um, but it was super cute and the airport was filled with these volunteers, welcoming people and taking selfies and doing all the stuff. It's like, you know, I, I said to Knock, I'm like, do you remember this happening when the Super Bowl was in New York? He's like, of course not. Nobody would have in a million years oh, done it. It was in Houston, what, two years ago, and like a lot of my friends did it because like, oh, you really? get free swag. So like you know, you get all that. Welcome to uh, I guess there, Houston. Right. So like you get all these people. They get the free beanie and the sweater and the shirt. Like yeah, hey, the ch- the jacket all that you says volunteer. Say is welcome to Atlanta a million times. Right, and bad. they were right. So it was it was really very cute. And at first I was looking at them askance. I'm like, wow, that's it's <laughs> a little nerve wracking. It's a little too much. And then I was like, no, you guys are cute. Can I take a picture of you? And they're like, right. sure. You know, we. Grew we grow on you, we grow on you. It was really very cute. So Atlanta's been wonderful. Uh, The southern hospitality is actually a real thing. It is a real thing. And um, even this morning, when I went to pick up coffee after JM and the AM was over, I um, I do feel that I deserve the credit of not honking in people, even though clearly she should have been going. It was green. I was waiting. (laughs) I was, but I said no. I don't want to. I don't. Was that the second or third time? This is like the fourth. But the the other times I have honked. But this time I said, you know what it's our last day. I'm just going to be patient. I'm going to be fine. We'll see if that lasts the rest of the day. Yeah, probably not. I'm already aggravated. Um, I also, and as Nahum has mentioned this morning on, uh, yesterday I should say, and this morning on JMNAM, I don't even know what day we're up to, um, I'd like to thank uh, Jody Wittenberg and Lydia Schloss and everyone at the Spicy Peach who have been phenomenal and God knows put up with a tremendous amount and have fed us and um, those smoky shroom um, um, sandwiches, the paninis, are ridiculously good. So, um, um, a shout out to everyone at the Spicy Peach and, of course, the Schlosses and everyone at uh, the Young Israel of Toko Hills and Leslie, my my sister from another mother, who is just absolutely <laughs> wonderful, and Rabbi Starr and Rabbi Feldman and Rabbi Tenler. Everyone has been wonderful. Um, our thanks to the American Committee for Shower Aesthetic Medical Center, and our thanks to the OU, and my personal thanks to Naftali Herman, um, who, again, from the OU, has been my total partner in crime on this, and I thank him. He is um, he is really a special individual. He is a gem. Um, my thanks to Nahum um, for being the motivation and, and the reason that we do all this crazy. He is He is a good reason to work hard. And Yoni, you have been... You have been excellent this week. I, I just need a nap. That's it. I don't blame you. But <laughs> you have been absolutely excellent this week. And you certainly were, I mean, Johnny on the spot while I was not only sick, but away last week. It was last week? I
1: don't know that. Feels last so week I was on
0: vacation? Guess. Don't feel like it. But um, I personally thank you. You're an excellent, oh, excellent person to work with. Um, And with all that, today is Appreciate Your Social Security Check Day. Yes, it is a national holiday, um, and I do appreciate my Social Security check. I don't want to have to use it for a very, very long time, (laughs) but, but yes, thank you, Social Security. And it's Inspire Your Heart with Art Day which I did not know was a thing because I don't know half of these national holidays are really things but this one certainly is it's also street children day i don't know what a street child is but knowing of rami he's probably googling it now yeah, right. and by the time the show is over when we start the live lunch we should have an answer we should have an answer all of these are national holidays for today you're listening to That's Life here at the Nachum Segal Network, and I am joined this morning by Alana Beckerman Frank. She is the executive director and founder of Jewish Fertili- of the Jewish Fertility Foundation. She is a native of Atlanta, Georgia. She's lived, studied, and worked in Maryland, in Manhattan, in Israel, and in New Jersey. She is quite vocal about her fertility struggle and her desire to help others. She has 18 years of experience working with nonprofits in both America and in Israel in fundraising, marketing, community outreach, volunteer recruitment training and program development and when I was told about this organization I um, candidly can say that I kept it for myself. It was suggested that Alana join Nahum on the air on JM in the AM. I said I am sorry I'm hijacking this one. I would like to speak to Alana myself and I welcome Alana this morning. Alana good morning. Good morning. And thank you so much for your patience this morning which again seems very southern Um, but thank you for your patience and thank you for what I know is going to be a, an experience this morning that I don't have enough time for. I already know I don't have enough time with you. So, um, so for all the time you're about to give me, I appreciate it. Let's start. Before we talk about the birth of your foundation, Sure. and I will use that metaphor. I'm sure you use it yeah, often. Do, okay, yes. great. Before we talk about the birth of your foundation, if you would, just tell us a little bit about your personal journey.
1: Sure. Well, it's all connected. Um, like any good Jewish child, my mother, um, you know, told me I can do anything I want to do when I grow up and sent me to day schools and um, wanted me to get a good education before I found Mr. Wright. It took me a while. I did my time in the Upper West Side and um, finally found my Beshert when I was about 28 years old. And uh, we decided to make Aliyah together after we got married. And we started trying to have a family. I thought, you have sex and you have a family. I thought that just happens. Um, For us, it didn't happen like that. And I was really, really lucky to be living in Israel at the time. Um, I started going to the doctor, honestly, after like three months of really, really trying. um, And it wasn't working. And I had already been married over a year. So the doctors didn't ask me how long I had been trying. They said, how long have you been married? Mm. And quickly started me on medication. Um, I had an aunt. I wasn't talking about this with anybody because I thought I was the only one who just couldn't get pregnant right right away. Um, and And who talked about it then? This was about 9, 10 years ago, and Facebook wasn't what it is today. Um, And I just didn't even know I should talk about it. Mm. I just, like, it was between me and my husband, and I was going to the doctor. I was doing all the right things. Uh, My aunt, who worked in Kupat Holim in Israel, um, in the insurance company system in Israel, recommended me to a private doctor. And so for several many months. I was going at like 8.30 at night, um, traveling an hour away. We were living in the north of Israel to Haifa, an hour drive. And we were going to his basement because that's what private doctors do. We're American. We were writing checks because we wanted a baby and I wanted it right now. Um, And he was telling us things. He never really checked me. He was telling us things about my husband's sperm that was not accurate. Um, And he was inseminating me. We were doing IUIs, the turkey baster one. Oh, wow. And for months, for months and months and months, we were paying, writing a check. I wasn't getting pregnant. After about six months of doing this, both my husband and I were like, something's not right. Uh, Again, we had nobody to talk to. We weren't talking about it. We started our fighting because it's really hard. He wants to make me happy. He doesn't know how to make me happy. I just want a baby. People in my... I was working in an immigrant youth village doing fundraising in Israel. I mean, it's Israel. Right. So they're like... I'm getting fatter because I'm on some hormones. And I've been married almost a year and a half already. Where? A, right. What's going on? Right. Touching my stomach, touching uh. me. Um, just no boundaries. And I didn't know how to answer because how do I answer? Right. What do I say? Uh. Um, and this is pretty common now that I know. But I, hadn't, I had no words. I was not talking about it with my family in Atlanta, Georgia. Um, my mother, you know, they weren't asking, but... They were wondering,
0: I'm sure, right? Um, Natural curiosity.
1: And then finally, we said something's just not right, just based on our gut. And we found another doctor. And after three months of just going through research, finding the doctor, switching insurance companies, we finally found a doctor who did a test on me that he should have been done a year and a half before. And my tubes are blocked. Like, I actually have a diagnosis. I cannot get pregnant on my own. And it's easy. Well, it's not easy. Not easy at all, right. but you do IVF and that is the solution to the problem. So within um, within like two months after that, he typed on his computer, oh, you're eligible for IVF. I did it. I was pregnant twice in two years um, and I have two children from IVF in Israel. Wow. That were essentially free because, Unbelievable. Of, um, right, because of the Israeli I was, government. I mean, I paid lots of taxes for right. these babies, but didn't have to go through anything like I did in America. Um, and that that was really, really hard. But truthfully, these past five years, since we moved back to America, and I knew my family wasn't done, and I did have little kids, and I started talking about all of this, these past five years were probably the hardest, wow. ironically. Um, we've, we've tried to continue doing IVF, um, not successfully. We even had, had extra embryos in Israel. I was traveling back and forth, oh my um, leaving my babies at home. And then we kind of gave up on ourselves. Mm. Um, I did not want to go through the retrieval process of retrieving eggs right. again. And and we had some other issues that we were dealing with. And by this time, I'm 39 now and my husband's almost 45. Um, and we said, OK, we're going to adopt because that's what people say. Just adopt. Just adopt. As and if we, it <laughs> is that easy. So we didn't have like a $30,000 you know attorney <laughs> well i have the attorneys ah, okay. <laughs> yeah. but i didn't have a slush fund to be able Got to it. adopt the newborn that i wanted so we went through the foster care system in georgia there's about a three-year waiting list for a baby my husband really wanted older kids i wasn't prepared we weren't prepared necessarily and he wanted sibling groups
0: wow.
1: huge fighting between us and i learned about myself after about a a year and a half of going through foster care training, I just didn't have what it takes. I'm not that special person to take a sibling group that's older than my now seven-year-old and five-year-old. And it was just one day, I remember going to his office just crying, like, I just want a baby. And uh, I mean, it's still emotional because I'm still going through it, but it's been a huge tension between us because financially we just couldn't make it work. In in Atlanta, it's about $23,000 to do, IVF. Wow. Doesn't guarantee you a baby. Um, Nothing and, uh, guarantees you, no. right? Isn't that the rule? <laughs> Crazy. Yeah. Anyway, so um, kind of just gave up. Um, I was saying, you know, I run this organization, which I'll share in a minute. I'm like, I can find a baby, you know, contacting all the hospitals. I have so many connections now to the OBs here and the fertility clinics and the, you know, the NICUs, sending out everything about myself and my family. Unfortunately, we just Families did not want to give their, us their babies because we have two cute little kids at home, perhaps because we're observant. I don't, I don't know the reason. Right. We just couldn't get our hands on a baby. And um, I got a phone call about a year ago from somebody that I helped three years ago and I helped talk to hmm. who was a single woman in New Jersey who just didn't meet Mr. Wright, and she wanted to start a family. And I must have guided her how to create her own she now has a three-year-old and a one-year-old and she said she felt so fortunate through this experience that she wanted to donate her embryos and for several months I was trying to help her find a match we were still going through the adoption process and I didn't feel the need to be pregnant again I just wanted a baby and I remember one Shabbat I think I was reading People Magazine Mm. and somebody had done this and people have been telling me about you know why don't you try this why don't you you know receive a donated embryo essentially adopting an embryo and I just I don't know so I approached my husband and he's like how much is it going to cost that's right. that's well, that's for him I want to fix it but how much is it going to cost right and for us it was about a ten thousand dollar commitment which is significantly less, less. than adoption or Starting IDF, IVF again, right. or God. donor egg, or you know sperm. So honestly, we did it. It was not an easy process, um, and now I'm expecting. Wow! So it's crazy what medicine and technology and Hashem right mean, it's all God together. puts
0: these people on the planet who just aren't miracle workers. It's crazy, yes. it is, but miracle workers. And so the Jewish Fertility Foundation was birthed by you. And how many years ago was that?
1: So when we moved back to America was really the first time that we moved back to America about five years ago. Um, and I had literally two little babies. And it was the first time I felt comfortable starting to talk about what I went through. And only because I had babies by my side. Right. You know, mm-hmm. so I remember we were sitting first, we moved to New Jersey for about a year and a half. And then we moved. To Atlanta, and I was sitting in the JCC pool here with several other mommies and babies, and we just started a conversation. How much did your baby cost? How much did your baby cost? $40,000. Oh, I have twins. They were like $60,000. And for me, I was like, well, I remember I wanted a private hospital, and I'm an American being in Israel. I think I paid like $200 total for two kids and storing my embryos, my extra embryos, maybe $200. And my background, as you mentioned, has always been a nonprofit. I've always been working for awesome causes, but never really my own cause. And immediately I just said, oh my God, there's something there. People in America are just not able to even afford the whole process of doing fertility treatment significantly. IVF It's just, expensive. They're not getting the support they need. And the community as a whole, whether it's the rabbis, mikvah attendants, doctors, don't understand how they can help um, the Jewish community go through the process. So I just started talking to anybody who would listen. This was in 2015. And from that point, we're in 2019 now, we've been really lucky um, that the organization came together so quickly. And clearly filling a need. And I'm
0: noticing um, that not only, I mean, you you adorably brought me a car magnet, which is great um, That the, for the Jewish Fer- Fertility Foundation building families, but I had already noticed it on the back of a car, and I had already noticed all of the material that's available in the youngest Israel of Toco Hills um, that is just readily out there in terms of stories um, and personal anecdotes that have been put into a book about, about um, women who are struggling to get pregnant and what that feels like and and their in in their efforts to build this community and allow women and husbands as well to talk about that and to find that kinship probably you know gains that provides that infrastructure that is as you mentioned the almost like the first step before we start talking about money let's just start talking and so I'm already sensing, and, and when we came down, before we came down here in preparation for these, for these shows for this entire week, um, it was Rabbi Starr who said, You must get Alana on the air and you must hear what they're doing. So it's already very clear that at Atlanta, this conversation, I don't want to say is prevalent, but it is not something that's happening behind closed doors. You have made
1: it a conversation
0: that can happen out in the open, and that's incredible.
1: Thank you. No, I think that um, a lot of people say, oh, you lucked out being in Atlanta and starting this organization. We did luck out. I thought that the first thing I wanted to do was only give out money to people who mm. needed it. And we quickly understood well, it's not just about the money, it's also about receiving the emotional support. But I think that one of the first areas, I guess in 2015, that we really tackled was the rabbinic community what were mikvah attendants and just beginning to do to open up the conversations that we can talk about this women and men can talk about this it's a safe space and empowering the clergy really to I mean they're already trained on how to work with people and help people right the pastoral this is the right. pastoral care so this is just a little bit extra training on infertility sensitivity and then what to do if a couple or an individual comes to you um so that's rabbi star was one of our founding um rabbis who worked with us to help create some of the the protocols in the very beginning and we're so appreciative we honored him last year at a gala event with 450 people wow um where we raised a significant amount of funds but um what we learned is it's just not only about the money. We've given out $100,000 in grants over the past year and a half. And grants uh, range between? Generally, they range between $5,000 and $10,000, but we've negotiated deals and contracts with, with each of the clinics here in Atlanta, and they're... Discounting the rates for our grantees. Wow! In addition, we partner with the Jewish Interest Free Loan Association of Atlanta, and they give our grantees up to five thousand dollars interest-free loans. Because we're talking about over twenty thousand dollars. Right. So if we give ten, our clinics can give up to five, and then our um, interest-free loan can give up to five, and we always expect the couple or individual to contribute as well.
0: To contribute as well. I mean the the. <laughs> You know, on your on your on your um, pamphlet in my hand, it says, "What if paying for fertility treatments wasn't an ob- obstacle to starting a family?" And it's almost inconceivable. And sorry to Literally. use right, exactly. But I'm bum. Um, it's it's it, it has always been. An issue, you know, we there is always, of course, the joke that the greatest um, birth control that's available to the Jewish community is Yeshiva tuition, right? That's been the joke for the ha ha joke for many, many years. But the, you're e- even by making that joke, there's an insensitivity, right? Mm-hmm. There's an insensitivity that it comes easy for everybody, and just that education of the community, which is something that we have become um and as a member of the youngest Earl of woodmere that we have become more educated about as we've had a number of speakers who have come into the shul who've talked about their stories and setting up that community and starting that conversation that we realize that that's not a funny joke because you can't make that assumption you can't sit down to a shabbos meal and assume that everyone is on the same page that it's been easy for everyone. And so, yes, in, in terms of building that community where you're as, as, a, as a family, as a couple that has struggled to conceive, being that you're now providing that, that conversation for your community, engaging the rest of us in saying, this is what we're going through. And you need to know about it because we're all part of the same community. That education of the, of the greater community is probably a major struggle for you as well.
1: I think so. I think um, one of the organizations that we 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 love partnering, and we know we're a community-based organization that is expanding outside of Atlanta, but we rely on partners in the field. And there isn't necessarily um, a field of professionals doing this work yet. It's only starting to grow now. But um, I'm not sure if you've heard of an organization called Yesh Tikva. Yes, out of Los Angeles. Yeah, well, yes. So they basically are providing a lot of educational resources to people in the community to understand better how they can work with couples or individuals who are experiencing infertility. And one of the big ways that they're um, promoting their work is through an infertility award. Shabbat. uh, I think right right. before Pesach.
0: Yeah, I saw the. So, um,
1: and we are able to kind of utilize that and partner with them to begin to get the word out again through shills and synagogues locally, not only for the Orthodox community, but beyond. Um, And that's helpful for us to give people tools and tips. You know, how can you work better with people who you see who might be struggling?
0: There is. there are about forty thousand questions I have for you, and Yoni keeps passing me notes and telling me how much <laughs> time we do not have left, which I knew was going to be the problem. Um, I wonder if we could talk for a second just about um, you and your husband. Yeah, how you guys are doing now, and and how um, if your husband's story, meaning the 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 similarities. You're finding commonalities between you and other women in terms of your infertility stories or your backgrounds. What about your stories as couples? Are are, you, are couples who are struggling with infertility all going through those sign of personal struggles as well?
1: So our therapists would tell us, um, yes, everybody has their own struggles and it's always different in each relationship. Um, I can tell you about mine. Mine is, I feel like I just lost, had lost and wasted time. Mm. My husband is going to be 45 when we're having our third kid. And he feels like I didn't want to have a newborn at 45. But for me, I'm like, God, you know, we could have had so many more kids in the past 10 years, especially in the past five years. And I wish I didn't have a feeling that I, you know, I needed another child, but that's like for us right now, we're really struggling with that. Even though I'm pregnant, he's going to love this kid and he's going to be happy. But for us, it's just like, God, I wanted this to happen five years ago. Right. But it literally took me five years to be able to figure this out. Um, other people really struggle around the finances. Mm-hmm. Um, we offer a fertility buddies program where you match up veterans of infertility right. with people going through it now. We have like 80 people in the program now. Wow. And I used to feel like... Um, it's primarily women. We have like three or four veteran men who are ready to talk about their emotions and who are like ready to go. God bless. Sometimes using sarcasm, sometimes more serious. My husband would have never participated in a program like that. He really, his whole thing was like, how am I going to make my wife happy? How am I going to pay for it? And other, you know, people are different, but I used to um, encourage, highly encourage our grantees, on both sides the men and the women to be matched up with the buddy and I could just see the struggle for the men Ugh. we're giving them ten thousand bucks you know or, or whatever the grant right. is how can and then they're like okay match me up with a buddy and I could see it wasn't for everybody the women always accepted the help right but the men just like we're not always into it and so I stopped forcing them because I didn't want to add another burden but moral of the story is your marriage is going to, you know, it's going to be hard. And hopefully you'll go to the right therapist. will provide, you know, the right emotional support and financial support and medical assistance for you. But it's hard. It's hard. Jewishfertilityfoundation.org is
0: where you can get more information. Um, jewishfertilityfoundation.org uh, I mean the amount of work that you're doing and in such a short time I mean you are literally growing the Jewish community I, I think that that just has to be highlighted that has to this is this is a, a literally a people's effort it is we are responsible for each other but it's one of the reasons that that IVF in Israel is of such a low cost because building the nation.
1: That might be our next project. Is is I can't talk about it yet. Okay. But perhaps we're partnering with several hospitals in Israel right now. Wow,
0: incredible! I, I can only think imagine. about where
1: our ten thousand dollars could go.
0: I can imagine where your ten thousand dollars can go. I, I certainly can imagine that, and that's that's pretty that's pretty remarkable, and how much further it can go in Shkollim um all right well we'll talk about that when you are ready to talk about that but um Alana your story is incredible and your efforts are incredible and um Ferti- org. they can get more information by going there they can email you
1: they can email me and actually now we're opening our grant up beyond atlanta i was going to ask you're you going to use our clinics right. in atlanta um which many southern communities you come up to Atlanta to use. Um, you are eligible for the grant, but I have a New York couple I'm working with right now, where honestly, it's just financially more accessible to come down to Atlanta wow. if they're able to be eligible for. Don't pass grant. me
0: another note, Yoni. Don't pass me <laughs> yeah. another note. Yeah, I will. I'm gonna finish. I'm gonna finish. Okay, so before before he starts sending me darts, um, you're the next. Or the next state that you're looking at pairing with or expanding to. This
1: 2019 is our exploration. We just got a big grant in order for me to finally hire a potentially a number two. Got it. And um, and take maternity leave, please God. Please God. Right. So um,
0: it's we're exploring. Okay. All right. Well. Uh, continued Hatzlacha to you, and you should continue to feel good. I Thank hope you're you. feeling good. I offered you a donut. You didn't even want a donut. <laughs> you're the first pregnant woman who doesn't want a donut. No, I'm just kidding. Jewishfertilityfoundation.org. Again, um, if you have questions, you can certainly uh, email Alana, alana at jewishfertilityfoundation.org. You can reach them at 770 770- but also check them out on social media this is one of the times where i say that social media is a great thing i know it can be used for evil trust me i get it but in this way facebook is a great thing facebook twitter and on instagram jewish fertility foundation on facebook at jewish fertility in uh for twitter and jewish fertility foundation on instagram Jewish Fertility Foundation, Atlanta. Alana, you are really miraculous. Why, thank you. You are heroic. And
1: And a big shout out to my New York fans, my family. Oh,
0: all right. Way to go, New York. Yes. Way to go, New York. We're going to have to talk about about Atlanta more, but... But Yoni, all right, Yoni, I get it, I get it, I get it. Anyway, Alana, thank you again, and thank you for being patient, and and thank you so much for your time and for your story. Um, More information, www.jewishfertilityfoundation.org. You've been listening to That's Life here at the Nahum Segal Network, coming to you from Atlanta. The afternoon continues with a full day of programming, live lunch hosted by Nahum Segal, begins in just a few moments. Hear more about the kosher halftime show and more behind-the-scene antics. Frankly, you won't believe what we are telling you, but it's all true. Throwback Thursday starts at 1 p.m. And Encore of JM Rewind is at 4 p.m. And, of course, the Arab Shaba show, hosted by Mark Zomik, begins at 7 p.m., brought to you by our friends at Kedem. Tomorrow morning, join Nahum as he hosts Jamin A.M. from 6 to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. And at the conclusion of Jamin A.M., join Naomi for an encore of Table for Two. Again, Naomi's show that was supposed to be recorded this week at the Spicy Peach will be rescheduled, I think, for February 20th. Give or take. Stay tuned for that or watch our updates in terms of that. But, of course, Naomi on tomorrow morning at 9 a.m. Eastern Time. Rummy hosts Saturday Night Seagull this Motzei Shabbat, starting at 9 p.m. Mata's hosts J.M. Sunday, starting at 7 a.m. Eastern Time. And uh, we do not have time for a so song. We are out. I am done. That's life, everybody. Bye, guys.